Thank you, God. Let's just go to God in prayer. Lord, I just thank you right now for this wonderful, this wonderful day that you've given us. Most of all, God, I thank you that you are our Lord and our Savior, our King, our friend, that whatever we need, God, you are today, oh God. God, I thank you for your word, oh God, for it comes to enlarge us, it comes to strengthen us, it comes to direct us, guide us, oh God, or it comes to enlighten us, oh God, and we thank you for your word this morning. God, just have your way this morning. Have your way in our ears, oh God. Have your way in our heart. Have your way in our thoughts, God. Oh God, let us not be distracted in any way, oh God. Father, for you have come to give us something, God, that will take us further on down the road. And, God, we thank you for that right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You can be seated this morning, amen. Um, I know that um, where everyone's going to stay in this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Can everybody turn with me to John eleven thirty five? So good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? I know that um, if you if you attended church and was ever in Sunday school or or for me this is one of um, my favorite verses that I had to learn because it was the shortest verse that when I knew when Dad came home I would know it you know but the verse is is more than um, just short it's powerful. Everyone knows, if anyone knows this verse, can you guys all say it with me? Jesus wept. It was like, you know, I knew that I could get that one in a day, okay? But um, today, um, I want to talk about our Savior. We're starting in this, um, from this Sunday forward, we will be uh, following the word and getting us ready up to Easter Sunday. And so we will just be following along with Jesus in his journey and, and just reminding our hearts of, of what Jesus went through, what Jesus did before he went to the cross, before um, resurrection morning. Okay, so we're going to just go on a journey with that. And this morning it is Jesus, I'm starting out with Jesus wept. And the, um, the place where I want to take us this morning is receive me and i don't I, I want it to come from the heart of jesus not receive linda linda receive jesus is saying receive me receive me and so in this chapter in this this verse right here we find that jesus has um went and and to mary lazarus has died and he get, he gets there and um what they feel like is too late Lazarus is already dead, and 
he sees the 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 distress he the grief he see and he loves Lazarus Lazarus was his friend and when he gets there we find that Jesus wept and what a um to me when you look at our Lord and Savior our Savior what a Savior to see that he wept a lot of times tears are are a sign of weakness or you know how a lot of times you stop your crying and, and almost to shut off the valve of emotions but right here to 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 really see is that our our Lord and Savior he wept and he connected he connected with our sad days he connected with our grief he he connected with our loss and it makes him more intimate, does it not? When you, when you see him in that light, that um, he wept with them. He he wept over a loss. He 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 cried over what hurt them, and that it hurt him too. I said, and it hurt him too. He didn't just cry over what hurt them; it hurt that it hurt them, but it actually hurt our Savior too. We come up a. Another time where we find that, um, um, in this one, we find that Jesus was weeping over the death of a friend. But we come upon another time where Jesus was weeping. And in this one, let's go to um, Luke 19:41 and 4, through 44. And as he approached, he saw the city, and he wept audibly over it, exclaiming, Would that you had known personally, even at least in this your day, the things that make for peace, for freedom from all the distresses that are experienced as the result of sin, and upon which your peace, your security, safety, prosperity, and happiness Depends, and this is in um, the Amplified Bible. And I want to read this again because I want you to really understand what he was saying there. It says, "And as he approached the city, he saw the city, and it said he wept audibly, not just tears falling out of his eyes, but audibly where you could hear him, where he was crying out loud over the city. He wept audibly over it, and he." exclaimed from his his innermost would you would you had known personally he wanted you to know something personally he's talking to the city as he's looking over Jerusalem he said would you had known personally even at least in this your day the things that make for peace for freedom for all the distresses that are experienced as the result of sin and upon which your peace your security Safety, prosperity, and happiness depends. We see Jesus crying out loud over a city because he said, Would you just know? Would you understand what, what peace is all about from sin that would, you know, to you, your peace, your security, your safety, your prosperity, and happiness depends upon this, that if you would just know freedom from sin. He's crying out loud can you imagine this audibly audibly um crying that the people would know that their 
their uh, freedom and their prosperity depended upon them knowing about being freedom from, free from sin. He says, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For a time is coming upon you when your enemies will throw up a bank with pointed stakes about you and surround you and shut you in on every side. And they will dash you down to the ground, you, Jerusalem, and your children within you. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another, all, because you have not, you did not come progressively to recognize, know, and understand from observation and experience the time of your visitation. That is, when God was visiting you, the time in which God showed himself gracious towards you and offered you salvation through Christ. When we look at a lot of, there's a lot of words right there, but if we would examine each word, God is looking at Jerusalem. And what he's telling him, I came. I came to be your savior, but you did not understand who I was. He said, you did not become, did not come progressively to recognize and know and understand. And he said, from observation and experience. When we look at that, Jesus walked, when he says, from observation and experience, Jesus came to the earth as the Lord and Savior. And he began to walk. And he walked in such a way that he, he did many miracles and signs and wonders and great teachings. And, and, it, and it, we in our day would say, and I, I used to say this all the time, I would love to have lived in that day and time, you know, to have seen the miracles. But even in seeing the miracles and experiencing Jesus right here in flesh and blood on the earth, they did not recognize who he was. And, and you would... In our minds, it's almost inconceivable that you could see a man that can to bring you know Lazarus back from the dead, uh, make the lame to walk, make the 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 people that couldn't hear hear all the it would seem like that would just be just a knowing that this is God that it would be a knowing that this is a savior it would be a knowing in their spirit that the one that they had cried for to come to save them was here. It would seem like it would be so obvious, but it it wasn't obvious to them. In one of the chapters, I'm going to read messages, says, when the city came into view, he wept over it. He said, if you'd only recognized this day and everything, that was good for you. But now it's too late. In the days ahead, your enemies are going to bring up their heavy artillery and surround you, pressing in from every side. They'll smash you and your babies on the pavement. No, not one stone will be left intact. All this because you didn't recognize and welcome God's personal visit. He came in, in John 1 and 11 and said this. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Many times um, we've stopped at this verse as saying that he came into his own, the Jews. He came into his, the own, his own as the Jewish people, and the Jewish people did not receive him, nor did they recognize him, nor did they know him. They cried for a Savior. The Savior came, and they did not know who he was. And many times we can uh, stop at that and think that it's just the Jewish people. But I want to go to the Amplified version that is going to include us in this in this scripture okay so in the amplified it said he came to that which belonged to him to his own 
is domain, creation, things, world. So he came unto his domain, his creation, things to this world. We're all part of this world. And they who were his own did not receive him and did not welcome him. As I was thinking about that, I kept hearing God say in my spirit that, Receive me. Jesus came that he would be received. He came not just to be looked upon, not to just to watch the miracles that he did, because many people love Jesus. That's why at a certain time he didn't do any more miracles, because that's all they were looking for was his hand and not his heart, not who he was. And so many times that's what people look for Jesus for is what he can do what he can do for me. But Jesus said to, re- and it's very, very shallow when we, um, when we think of Jesus like that, just as what he can do uh, for me, okay? Not in the fullness of who he is, uh, the fullness of all the power that he has. It can be very shallow when all I think about is how you can help my marriage, how you can help my kids, how you can heal my body, you know, and most of the times it's something that's very external that we're thinking about him, about doing something powerfully external, you know, on the outside. But Jesus came to do something way greater than the external. He came to do something internally that the externals would not even affect us if the internal was right. All right? He came to do something so much bigger than the externals because uh, there's going to always be externals. Always. If, if he fixes one thing, there's going to be another thing. You know, like in our lives, he can, we, you, God can deliver us of one thing, and the next thing you know, there's another thing in our life that we have need of our Heavenly Father to do. And so what he really wanted to do, and, we, and we'll find that in the externals, they can be the things that take away our peace and take away our joy, take away our comfort. We're, we're distressed. We could be very happy just, oh, my marriage is great. My marriage is great. But Johnny's over there and he's smoking weed. Oh, my son. Oh, my, oh my God. Oh, my God. So we could be very happy over here. God has just done a wonderful thing. And over here, something else breaks out. And if we don't have the internal an internal gift of salvation, what God really came for, we don't have the power of that, then the next thing that comes, it will take us out. So we really, really need to understand when we said um, we have a Savior, that he's not just saving the outside external things, he's saving the internal man, all right? He's, he's saving our, 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 our heart, our thoughts. You know, uh, it's a wonderful thing to have a Savior that in the midst of the storm, he can come in the midst of the storm and chaos can be all around you because I have an internal Savior in the midst of chaos. I can find my peace. Because I have, a sa- I have a Savior that's beyond the external Savior. Because man can save us from some things. Do you understand? Externally. But God wants us to be saved internally so that no matter what comes, he came to be a Savior that no matter what comes. Because he told us through his word, in this world, in this world you shall. He wants us to know without a shadow of a doubt, in this world, you shall have trouble. Let me tell you that again. In this world, you shall have trouble. Oh, come on. You need to turn to somebody and let them know that this morning. In this world, 
You shall have trouble. Let's put this, let's put some emphasis on the shell. You shall, without a doubt, you're going to have some trouble in this world. I don't care how good it looks. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how in love you are. I don't care how, how, how uh, your physique is, your strength is. In this world, you shall have trouble. I want us to keep saying that because I don't want the enemy tries to surprise us with trouble. But God's told us ahead of time, in this world, are we still here? In this present world, you shall, I shall, we shall have trouble. But he said, be not what? I have what? I have overcome the world. I have. That's why we were in need of a Savior, because without a Savior, the world would have overcame us. You understand? Without a Savior, the world would have overcame us. But he said, you shall have trouble in this world. We have a Savior. And the Savior came to give us an internal that no matter what was going on, and as we watched Jesus, Jesus was constantly, even in the goodness of everything that he was doing, there was people that was always up on him. Come on. There was people that was always trying to point at him, accuse him. There was people that was always trying to, uh, you know, say something bad about him. There was constantly somebody coming against him. Hello, everybody. You know, sometimes I think when I look at Jesus' life in his his, um, short time of ministry of how many people came against him, and usually they were church people, Hello. Okay. Um, when I really look at that, you know, I think we all should just breathe right now and go. I think that they haven't came up on us. You know, we haven't had that coming against in that kind of force <laughs> because we need to grow. You see, we need to grow. What we call as persecutions and we call in them short years, there was an onslaught of persecution against our Lord and Savior. Just think about it. Uh, uh, everywhere he went, everywhere he went, we, even when he was doing good, somebody was there to point out that something was wrong with his good. Even when he was doing the best of things, somebody was always standing around ready to point a finger, ready to cast doubt, ready to put all the time. It wasn't like he, he went anywhere and there wasn't these little people that wanted to, to make him look bad or, or even wanted to kill him. There was nowhere he went. Can you imagine that, you guys, that your day is filled with nowhere you go? There's not always somebody there pointing a finger at you. Always there's someone putting you down. Always there's somebody. What Could you just imagine that? Thank God he just lets it come on us. You know, he says he puts no more on us than we're able to bear. That's what I thought about it. Thank God that he puts no more on us than we're able to bear because I don't think we could bear it like that. How many of you guys think you can bear it like that? Every day, somebody's pointing at you. Every day, somebody, even when you're doing good. This was our Savior. And this is what he went through. In Mark 8, 31, it says this. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must of necessity. I want you all to hear certain words. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must of necessity suffer many things and be tested and disapproved and rejected by the elders 
and the chief priests and the scribes. These are church people. Come on. He said they must, he must be tested, disapproved, and rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be put to death. Come on, when, you, when, when we just think about that. And after three days, though, he would rise from death. Now look at this. When I look at this, he said, of must, he, I like this, must of necessity suffer. He said, receive him. We must of necessity suffer, too. We must of necessity Somebody, I need to suffer. Somebody needs to say it. I need to suffer. I need to suffer. We don't want to say that this morning, but y'all shake your mouths right now. I need to suffer. He said, Jesus, who didn't do anything wrong, perfect, perfect. He said, but I must, of necessity, suffer many things. I must be tested. I'm going to be disapproved. He said, I must be. I must be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and put to death, and after three days rise again. Do you guys know that when Jesus came, according to the scriptures in the Old Testament, all this was prophesied of what he was going to do. All of it, you know, was prophesied, and it had to come to pass for him to go to the cross prophesied over us is that in this world you will have trouble prophesied over us is the same prophetic word that we would have trouble but be not dismayed because I've overcome the world and as he rose we will rise I said as he rose we will rise Oh, don't don't you let your trouble make a mistake in your life and think you're going down and never coming up. Trouble just means just like like Jesus said, I will rise. And I must of a necessity suffer because there are those that are looking and there are those that are watching and there are those that need to see the powerful God that will bring you out of any fiery furnace that you may go through. And Jesus said, receive me and what I've said over your life and do not let the enemy come around and make you feel like you're, you're nothing or you're out for the count. He says, you you too have a necessity to suffer. You too have a necessity to be tried. You too have a necessity to be tested. You too have to walk it out and say that through the, though the storms of life are raging in my life, I'll live for God. I'll stand for God. Without no storms, how do you know that you really love God without storms? How do you know that you really love God without tests? How do you know that you really will go all the way if nothing gets in the way? How do you know this this morning? And God wants us to know that he showed all through his walk, he was showing us what we were going to have to go through. He was showing us that what was going to happen to us in our walk. And Jesus, remember, he wept because he knew that if they did not receive, why he wept over Jerusalem, you don't receive me. 
He said, you don't receive me, and if you don't receive me, you are going to be messed up. You're going to be jacked up. You're going to be totally destroyed if you don't receive me. Because you know what? A man is, what it says, as he thinketh, so is he. And if I but let this flesh direct my path, if I just let the thoughts of this flesh direct my path, my, my path, I'm totally destroyed. My flesh will always make me feel defeated. My flesh will always make me feel angry. My flesh will always make me respond in, in a way that doesn't bring any good fruit. But if I receive Jesus Christ, he said, receive me as your Savior. That in the midst of any trial or tribulation, I am Lord. I am the greater one. I, I, I win the fight. Not you win the fight. Receive me. You know, a lot of times we receive Jesus as the Savior of the story. Beautiful story. Wonderful story. We watch the passion of Christ. We might cry, but remember this, we cry most of the time. None of us like to see blood. You know what I'm saying? None of us like to see anybody beat. But do we receive the Savior? Do we receive the one that did what only could be done to free us. He, there was no other way out for us but the cross, okay? So he went to the cross to save us. And he went to the cross to, to, um, to eradicate death and sin, and he did that powerfully. Before he did that, sin had his dominion over the world. Everyone kept sinning, kept sinning, kept sinning, kept sinning. And you guys, it shouldn't be in our world today. It shouldn't be in our hearts today that we have to keep sinning. But it's only because we haven't received the Savior. It's only because we haven't received the Savior. When I realized that he died to save me from sin, that I would not, sin would not have any more dominion over me. And when I really receive that, not just hear of it, not, not just watch a picture about it, but receive and embrace what he's done for us, then we don't have to sin anymore. But as long as it's a pretty story, it's a story about Jesus that went, it, it's not personal. It hasn't become personal to us what he has done. And he's saying, receive me. He tells us in Isaiah 53 and 3, it says, he was despised. I just want us to get some words because, see, these are words that happen to us. But God wants you to know that it's going to happen to us, all right? Think it not strange, these fiery darts. Come on, think it not strange. We, we, we start thinking when things hit us that it's strange and it's overwhelming, but God said, Look, I've been where you are. And I've already wept over what you're crying about. I've already wept about it. He said, he was despised and rejected and forsaken by men. How, how many have ever felt despised by someone? How many have ever felt rejection? Oh, wow. Come on. We know how it feels. It hurts so bad. And he was forsaken by men. Look at this. When I think about Jesus, is sometimes we're despised and, and rejected and forsaken by three, five, ten. He, our Savior, was despised and rejected by men. And 
And it didn't stop at one dispensation of time. It didn't stop right there when he was walking the earth. It's still today that he's despised, rejected. Come on. It's still, it's an ongoing thing that he's despised and rejected. by men. See, I want us to understand that when we go through these things, we have a Savior that knows. See, he is not like a Savior that doesn't care. It's not like a Savior doesn't, doesn't feel our infirmities. He feels them to the if degree because it keeps on happening over him. Do you understand what I'm saying? We can have very few, but he has people from generation to generation to generation to generation that still despise him, that still reject him. We go back to Jesus wept. This morning, God said, receive me. He wants us to receive him in all he is. He's our Savior that knows exactly what we're going through. Sometimes when we're going through, the enemy makes us feel alienated and so very much alone. He makes us feel like we're all by ourselves. And then nobody knows or nobody cares. But the Savior wants you to know this morning that he wept then, and he weeps now. He felt for them then, he feels for you now. And the only answer for all the weeping is him. That's why he says, receive me for all the weeping and for all the sadness and for all the loss and for all the grief and for all the things that happen in the negative. God said, the only answer is me. He said, receive me. You know, I was thinking about um, uh, my granddaughter, like when she's really, really hurt. Okay, like she can be, you know, really good. But if she gets really hurt really bad and you and you go to get her sometimes, she doesn't want you to get her. She just, you know, she'll she'll go. No, she, don't, she just don't want you to touch it. Sometimes we've been hurt so bad. She, she reminds me of, of how we can do sometimes with the Lord. Sometimes we've been wounded so bad that when the Lord says, receive me, we pull back. And, and, and he's reaching for us. He's trying to reach to us, to, to pull us in. He's, he's trying to console us. But it's almost like sometimes she'll look at me like I'm the one that did it. Okay, so when I go to reach for her, let's say she fell down. Well, it's almost when I go to reach for her, she's mad about falling down. It hurt her really bad that she fell down. But she don't want me to get her, you know, because she's so mad about falling down. And it hurts so bad, and she's just upset. You know, and sometimes we do that to God. We're so wounded by something that God is, is saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And what we do is we go... We're just mad at God. Why didn't you? Why didn't you fix that? Why didn't you even let that happen? Why did you let me fall? Why did you let them hurt me? And so we just pull back from the one that can bring us comfort, that can bring us peace. And He's saying, "Receive me. Receive me." That's what He said. Receive me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am. The but you got to receive me. You got to receive my comfort. You got to receive my peace. You got to receive my way out or you'll stay in. All right? If you don't receive his way out, you will stay in. 
So he was despised and rejected and forsaken by men. It said a man of sorrows and pain and acquainted with grief and sickness. And like one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we did not appreciate his word or have any esteem for him. Can you guys please hear that this morning? Jesus is telling us that in this walk, he's letting us know that our walk is, 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 is funny because we like the seated in heavenly places. Okay? We like that. Okay. See, if we could go from Jesus doing miracles to seated in heavenly places, it would just be a wonderful story. Okay? It would just great. That's, that's how our life would feel great. You know? We do all these miracles, and men love us because we do these miracles, and now we just fly out the sky, and we're seated in heaven. But that's not how the story goes, you there had to be pain, there had to be sorrow to bring salvation. Those miracles didn't save anybody. As nice as Jesus was, he, just healing the sick, raising the dead, did not wipe away our sins. As nice as all that was, it didn't wipe away our sins. The pain and the sorrow of going to the cross is what wiped away our sins. And so the pain and the sorrow that's in the middle of us coming to Jesus, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, I give my heart to you. And you feel so good on that, that Sunday that you give your life to God. And it's so wonderful. And you just feel God, his presence all around you, wrapping you like a blanket. So if we could go from that place just straight up to God, you know what I'm saying, without all that in between, but the problem was that when we, said, when we came to God and we said, Oh God, I give my life, it was his li our life he needed to change. It was our life that just because I said I give my life didn't automatically clean me up. Okay? I give my life meant that I submit myself, I sit my, I submit myself to your scrubbing. <laughs> I submit myself to your cleaning me up, okay? And some days it's going to take a little wash rag, but some days it's going to take some scrubbing, okay? And it's not going to feel good. And so we, when we get to the scrubbing part, that's when we get all like, oh, my God, I, you know what? I didn't count on this. I went out. I didn't count on all this. I didn't, but God was saying that because you said you give me my, your, you know, I give you my life, you gave me permission Okay, to come in there and start taking everything that's not like me out of you. And, and that's a, pro it's, it's a process that we should be progressing in. The problem when it really hurts is when you don't progress. Okay, that's when it really, sometimes we're, we're hurting more because we're not progressing. We won't, we won't do what God says. We won't be obedient. We won't go to where God's. So we're stubborn and we're rebellious and we're staying right here. And so God has to put a little more fire on us to help us to get to the next place. Obedience gets you down the road a lot nicer, sweeter, without all that extra stuff. Sometimes we're wondering why does it seem like God's being so hard. It's because we won't move. You know, we, we're, we're planted in a place that we won't move. But we have a Savior that says, receive me. To reject means to refuse to hear, to refuse to receive, to refuse to admit or to accept or to consider. And there are times in our lives that when Jesus is telling us something, he wants through his word for us to do a certain thing, we won't even consider it. We don't even want to submit to it, right? 
We don't want to hear it. Is there times you just don't want to hear? You just don't. It amazes me sometimes in this lesson, and I do want to say that Pastor David's been talking about grace probably for about what? It's at least been two months. I know. Okay, grace, 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 and we don't understand that as he's teaching about grace, there's lessons coming about grace. It's not just for our ear. It's for our walk, okay? I said it's not, I want everyone to understand, it's not just for our ear, it's for our walk. Every time we come to church, it's not just for our ear, it's for our walk. You're going to have to walk it out. You're going to have to walk it out. And I don't know how many amens, 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 amens. You know, it's wonderful to say amen. But understand this, that after you say amen, you got to do what you just said amen to. You're going to walk that thing out. You're going to say amen means that you agree with it. Let it. What, remember what amen says? Let it be so. So be careful about what you're saying amen to if you don't want to walk it out. Because you have just decreed and declared, let it be so. And God said, let it be so. He opens up that test for you. Let it be so. We're, we're amen to grace. We're amen. Pastor David said that the problem is we like to receive grace, but we don't like to give it. We go amen. And God says, let it be so. Uh, let it be so. I'm going to put you in a situation where your amen, let it be so, to giving grace, you're going to have to be able to, come on. He says, uh, this is how he teaches us. This is how he grows us. This is how he, he lets us not be liars. This is, you know, how we can say a whole lot of stuff, but when, we're, when it's up to the test, we find out. And, 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 and I'm not going to say liars to the certain, sometimes we don't even know what's in us until the, until the Lord presents us. Sometimes I think I'm very graceful. But lately I've been seeing there's, well, we've been saying every time pastor preaches grace, I'd be like, oh, here's another thing God shows me I'm ungraceful at. But God reveals to us. That's what the word comes. We want a word that glosses over us and makes us look beautiful. We want a word that's, that makes us look wonderful and makes us feel like we already feel that we got it going on. But God said that's a word that, that, that doesn't change you, that doesn't challenge you. It'll keep you where you are. And when it comes time for the Lord to break the clouds, you're going to be standing there saying, why am I still here? Because there's areas that you haven't addressed or acknowledged or begin to walk in and walk out of. You're, you're glad with who you are. Remember, you if you are good enough before you came to the altar, you wouldn't have came to the altar. Come on. You, you, went again. you recognize on that day, I need you, Jesus. You recognize on that day that, man, I got some jacked up places, some jacked up thoughts, some jacked up uh, responses, attitudes. I, I, I got some things, Jesus, that when I came to the altar, I was crying. Not because I was a good girl. I wasn't crying because I was this wonderful person. I came to the altar because I recognize I'm in need of a Savior because I got some messed up thoughts. I got some some angry thoughts. I got some unforgiving thoughts. I got some attitudes that just stink, stink to me, let alone to anybody else. On that day, I was the most honest person in my life, in my lifetime, right? When you came up, you were honest. I need you, Lord. But after we begin to walk, and what happens is we compare ourselves among ourselves. So we come in knowing we need a Savior, But then as we come into the congregation, we start hearing all this stuff. Somebody's doing that, and somebody's doing that, and she committed adultery, and that was into pornography, and uh, 
shoot I'm all right but you're in need of a savior and you're not in need of a savior just the day that you came to this altar I need thee oh I need thee every hour I need thee come on I need thee I don't get to this place where I have arrived. I won't arrive until I'm with my Savior. When I'm with my Savior and I hear, no, when I'm with my Savior, because we're all going to be with him. We're all going to see him. Okay. When I hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant, I've arrived. I've arrived. But until then, we have not arrived. In another place, when he looks at Jerusalem, he, in Luke 13 and 34, he goes, he had been preaching and teaching, and they come and tell Jesus that he has to, to leave because they're coming after him to kill him. And so he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who continue to kill the prophets and to stone those who are sent to you, how often have I desired and yearn to gather your children together around me as a hen gathers her young under her wings, but you would not. This is a powerful scripture right here to me. Then he was talking to how many prophets that came and how many prophets had talked about God and brought the word. But every time a prophet, when you looked in the Bible, there were so many prophets that they actually killed and stoned when they were bringing the word of God to them. You know, we could just even look at Stephen. There were so many men of God that they did not, their ear did not want to hear the truth. Their ear did not want to hear what thus saith the God. And they actually stoned and killed them. And God said, um, you know, how often, and you guys, this is what gets me. Well, let's start first with the first part. That sounds like something ancient. How often have you stoned the prophets? But it's not ancient. It is today. Stones are not just rocks in your hand. They're rocks in your mouth. And God is saying this morning, he says that we can look very, God cried over this. This was, this was something that affected his heart. He said, how often you have stoned the prophets who came just to give you the righteous word of God, who came to give you the way out, who came to give you what I gave them. And you would stone them because you didn't want to hear it. You didn't want to change. You didn't want to do what God says. But then he goes on and he says, how I've longed. How often I've desired and yearned. And he didn't say, together you. I don't know if y'all got this sentence right here. How often have I desired and yearned together you? Who did he want together? He was looking at your rebellion, your disobedience. Is affecting not just you. It's affecting children. And he said, as I'm looking, generations. He said, how often had I longed to gather your children so that they wouldn't have the same generational 
struggles. They wouldn't have the same generational pains and atti- how often I I lo- if if you would just hear me if if you would just stop being rebellious if you would just receive me so that you can give them me. But because you won't receive me, you're giving them you. And because you're giving them you, you're passing on you. And you're not passing on me. And it hurt God. It hurt him. He said, how often, how, how often I would love to just gather your children. He said, gather them unto me. And he said, gather them around me as a hen gathers her young. How often that I would love to take your children and put them under the protection of my wings. Oh, 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 come on, let's, you guys, we need to listen to something. We need to receive God so that our children, our children can be protected. We need to receive him. And I mean, don't just receive him on a Sunday morning message. Don't just receive him in the areas that you like, but receive him all the way. It's the area that you don't receive him that's going to trip up your kids. It's the area that you won't give into. It's the area that you won't bow down. It's the area that you just, I can't help myself. It's that area. And, and can you imagine? I never meant, remember, from the very beginning, God meant for us to live a life without pain, without sorrow, without tears. From the very beginning, He didn't mean, but from the very beginning, mankind chose, chose chose. I want us all to get this. We choose. We choose. God doesn't bust our door down. You know, the very fact that he says, I stand at the door and knock. He doesn't bust our door down. The enemy's looking for any crack you got, and he's coming in. He ain't knocking nothing. Because you got a crack, he's coming in. But the Lord and Savior, he stands at the door, and he knocks. 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 Just waiting. Receive me. Receive me. While the enemy's over there looking for the crack in your window, God is standing there knocking. Receive me. Receive me. And what we don't understand is in that not receiving, you guys, we got to receive the whole of everything. There are things that is uncomfortable to the flesh. You know, the most uncomfortable things to the flat flesh really shows you where the really the stronghold is. You know, when we're we're just so there's just things that have you ever said under the word? There's times I can sit under the word and it just sounds beautiful to me and it's and it, and you know it's like hallelujah, amen, hallelujah, great, woo, yes, God. You're good. Then there's times Pastor David would be talking and I feel a little, you know, feel a little bit. Of, you're trying your hallelujah yes thank you Jesus yes because you know and if you're not careful if you don't get into the receiving mode because the enemy's right there telling you he's talking about you he's you know good and well he's talking about you how dare he talk about you pastor Lynn don't you know he got to go home and live with you <laughs> but do you understand what I'm saying he's coming into your ear and 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 instead of receiving the word you're receiving the offense see that's the whole thing about the enemy instead of receiving the life-changing word you open your ear but remember this you chose 
Remember this, uh, that, that you chose. It's always about a choice. The enemy can't take you over. You've got to let him in. Do you understand? He just can't come in and take you over. He doesn't have that power. But we let him It's all about a choice. So, so when we're sitting there, we can choose to cast him down and say, you know what? I refuse to listen to that. I'm going to receive life. I'm going to receive life. I'm going to receive the word. Because, see, the enemy will say, it don't sound like life. It sounds like they're talking about you. I'm going to receive. So then say, I'm going to receive the word. I'm going to receive the word. The word. I'm going to receive the word. God wants us to understand that. Receive him. This scripture hits me. I don't know like it hits y'all, but when I think about children... And that's why I have them in here this morning. When I think about our children and what they'll miss if we don't receive. See, they, remember this. They can be taught back there all day. They can be taught in here all day. But what's caught is what stays with them. What's caught by how we walk it out is what's going to stay with them. I can teach my children all day, love your enemies, 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 Monica, love your enemies, but if she sees me mad at my enemies, doing underhanded things, talking about my enemies, which is going to be the strongest? Sad enough, it's going to be what's caught. And so what we need to do is receive his word when he, when his heart is so like, how I long, I long and yearn to gather your children around me. And we can think, okay, yes, that's right. No, that's for today. He still longs to gather our children and to bring them into the fullness and the power. I'm looking at generations that's getting stronger. I don't know about you. That's my, my goal in walking, that generations are getting stronger. The, the world says, and some of us church people say, oh, my God, what's going to happen? The world's getting worse. The children are getting worse. I believe that God is greater than all that. I believe we say all that, but we don't realize that God is greater than that. And we also don't realize that God has a plan, that he's coming back after a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So that lets me know that something has to be done here on earth for that to happen that lets me know that a generation has to rise up and really receive jesus christ and really walk in his power and walk in his love and walk in his word for him to come back after church without spot or wrinkle it means there's been some receiving going on and i think a lot of times we keep looking at the dismal oh the world is yes the world is getting bad but the church should be getting greater the world is doing what the world's supposed to do amen But the church should be doing what the church is supposed to be doing. The church should be receiving Jesus Christ, our Savior, in all of his power and and might. In Luke 13, 22 through 28, as he continues on the journey, it says, He went on teaching from town to village. This is in the message, okay? He went on teaching from town to village, village to town but keeping a steady course toward Jerusalem. A bystander said, Master, will only a few be saved? Now, here's where that, that point I'm seeing. We, get the, we start looking around, and we start thinking these things, okay? He said, Master, will only a few be saved? And he said, whether few or many is none of your business. Put your mind on your life with God. 
The way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires your total attention. Kala. The way to God's life is vigorous. It means you gotta you gotta work this thing. You it's vigorous. You gotta stay on it. You gotta be disciplined. That's the way to life. Don't look. See, we get mixed up looking around. Church, stop looking around. Stop looking at what he's doing. Stop looking at what she's doing. Well, any because that's what we'll end up saying at the end of the day. You keep looking around. You'll say, Will anybody be saved? God is saying, No. Stop looking around. He said, Work out your own self. Come on. With what? Fear and trembling. Work out your own. Sometimes we're so busy looking. Looking around will make you uh, sometimes feel dismal, you know? But working out your own. Who but knows that if you work out your own salvation, you might help the ones. Come on, if we was all working out our... They'd have somewhere to look, and they'd have somewhere to see Jesus. They'd have somewhere to see his way being walked out. But sometimes we start looking around, and we start feeling depressed, and we start getting with people that's doing crazy stuff. God is saying, uh-uh, work out your own soul salvation. He says, it's vigorous, and, and your salvation requires your total attention. Oh, come on. You're so busy watching everybody else, you'll be lost. Come on, I don't want to be lost watching somebody else. I don't want to be my eyes so... He didn't say focus your eye on me. He didn't say focus your eye on the next person. He said keep your eye on him. And it demands total attention. If you take care of yourself, that's quite a bit of work all by itself. Is it not? Come on. It says a lot of you are going to assume that you'll sit down to God's salvation banquet just because... I want y'all to hear these words, okay? A lot of you are going to assume that you'll sit down to God's salvation banquet just because you've been hanging around the neighborhood. Just because you've been hanging around church all your life don't mean you're going to be sitting at the banquet table. Children, just because you've been coming to church all your life don't mean you're going to be sitting out at the banquet. You're going to have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ to a point of knowing what he wants out of your life and being obedient to what he wants out of your life. It's not just, uh, you know, how they, there's a song, like, you won't get to heaven on grandma's prayers, because a lot of times people are feeling like grandma's praying, mama's praying, but you ain't never prayed. You've never, no, you're not getting to heaven like that. Don't think that you're getting to heaven like Grandma's prayers is supposed to bring you to a place where you want to hear from God, okay? Where you want to hear from God, not just from Grandma. Grandma didn't die for you. Mama didn't die for you. Jesus Christ died for you, all right? It says, well, one day you're going to be banging on the door wanting to get in. Don't this sound like Noah? Banging on the door. They want to get in. They're, you, you. In this, as in the day of no, I'm trying to let y'all know that sometimes we think Bible stories, Bible days, but we need to bring it up to today. Same people that didn't receive Jesus, same kind of people that didn't receive Jesus is the same kind of people that's today. We had either the, either the people that was church people and they were self-righteous and they thought that they knew everything so they couldn't receive anything. And there's a problem of that sometimes in the house of God. There's people that cannot receive anything because they already th- think they have. If your cup is already full, nobody can put nothing else in it. Amen? And sometimes we got to dump some junk so that we can get the revelation word of God so that we can come out of the ruts that we're in because it's a shame for people to walk like they have knowledge but their life don't show it. It's a shame. 
You'll know the tree by the fruit it bears. I can talk all day long, all day long. If I don't have no fruit in my life, it just means that I have not received Jesus. I'm a good, I can bring out that word, I can say that word, but I can't live that word. The power is not insane. I guarantee you I can get some of y'all up here that's young and y'all can talk just like I'm talking right now. But the power is not in talking, it's in walking. It's in walking. A lot of talkers. But God is saying, receive me to the walk, not just to the hearing and the ear, but to the walking of it out. He wants us to do that. Don't think just because you're hanging around church. Don't just think you're coming to church. That's going to do it. There should be some fruit. And, and sometimes, you know, we've been in church a long, 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 long time. There should be lots and lots of fruit. I'm just saying it. There should be fruit that remains because we're learning to walk it out. It says, but you'll find the door locked and the master saying, sorry, you're not on my guest list. You'll protest, but we've known you all our lives. But we've known you all our lives. There's a lot of people making that, that declaration, I know God. But to know him is to keep his commandments. To know him is to love your brother and your sister. It says that you don't love, if you can't love your brothers and sisters, come on. God said you're a liar when you say that you love him. I mean, he just says that you're a liar. If you can't love your brothers and sisters, you don't know me. If you can't, understand, we make great claims, but our walk has to match that declaration. Or else it, it, it's, it's to our generations. It's a hypocritical. It's hypocritical. I mean, these little babies are sitting around here that that look like they don't know. They know. Oh man, I've talked to some of them, and I guarantee you, they know. They know when we're being hypocritical. They they know when we're saying one thing and we're doing another, and and that's that's just so weird to them. And 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 and, and it's 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 weird. And I think when God says, "Don't provoke your children wrath," sometimes we're just thinking about how angry we are, how hard we are. I think it's how we're not walking in a clear, concise way. You are so confusing me. You're telling me to do this, but you're doing that. You're telling me to love that, but you hate that. That's very confusing to our children. God said, receive me. Receive the Savior so that you and your whole household can be saved. When you receive the Savior, you and your whole household, because they have a clear, even if they get off the beaten path, they know right where back to come because you're still walking on the path. But when you jump on the path, off the path, on the path, off the path, it's confusing them. After a while, they don't even know if they want to follow you. Why should I follow you? You don't know where you're going. They said the blind lead the blind, but they're all going to fall in a ditch. And this morning, I'm telling you, but who's me? I, I start from me to the... I, I want to be where, where um, the light is so clear to Jesus. That the children, when they look at our generations, look, they know exactly how to walk, talk, respond, live. Because we're not on and off. The Savior wasn't on and off. As he walked, he wasn't on and off. He wasn't saying, today, the scribes are talking about me, and they're coming up against me, and I'm going to get out of my uh, divinity, my holiness, and I'm just going to give the... He had the power to. See, I always think about how much power Jesus had at any moment to do anything. He could have made them disappear if he wanted to. When you really think about it, 
in all the adverse situations, Jesus could have did said but a word. That while they were trying to say, Sean, I'm just saying this. That was the power that he had. He could have shut their mouth. He could have made them where they could never speak again. He could have didn't do any of that. Because he wanted to show us what to do, you guys. Receive him. He wanted to show us what to do. He, nothing in his walk showed that he was out of control. He didn't have temperance. He had all the fruits of the Spirit. He had love. He had kindness. He had peace. And every, in every situation, that's what he showed us. And he said, this is how you're supposed to act. This is what you're supposed to do in all your situations. I could, because like, you know what? I could do too. You don't understand what I'm saying? But he said, this is how you're supposed to do it. This is the winning way. This is the saving way. This is what's not going to bring death. This is what's not going to bring destruction. This is what's not going to take you under. This is the way. I am the way. I am the truth. He said, this is the way. But in our anger and in our sadness sometimes, we forget to receive Jesus. Because, you guys, we read the Beta Satan Helm. That was one of the best books that we read. Because we received the offense. And this morning, Jesus said, would you receive me? The offense was meant to take you out. If you saw the demons sitting, and they're talking, and they're saying, today we're going to get Vicky," But Vicky can see it, Okay. Today we're going to get Vicky. Today I'm going to have Monica. She is going to walk by Vicky and she is going to say something negative. I want it to be something that really hurts her. If Vicky could see it, it would be crazy if Vicky could see it, be aware of it, and then Monica, if, if Vicky could see it, it wouldn't even bother her if she could see it. Our problem is, is that we forget that, that, that in the, we need to have our See, our problem is our natural antennas is working more than our spiritual antennas. Because spiritually, we should see the enemy coming. We should see him coming, and we should be forearmed and aware he's coming and ready, and ready to do it like Jesus said. See, the, the enemy just, he wants you to bust. But you need to take the air out of his balloon. Every t- you need to, you're coming, but I'm going to do it like Jesus The enemy has an expectation, but you need to take that expectation again. away. Oh, because you know what? God has an expectation. God has a powerful expectation on the Holy Ghost power that he's put inside of you. And he's saying that if we would start exercising it, see, our problem is, is that right now we need, he's exercising us. You guys know why? Because if you don't exercise something, you don't exercise it, what happens? You just get flabby and you just, there's no muscle there. There's nothing there. And what's happening is he's exercising. And I dare to say, you guys, what we really hate for me to say, he's exercising you for something greater. Don't forget this is boot camp. Don't you dare forget this is boot camp and we're growing in levels to different places. There ought to be some people in here that have graduated from boot camp that can show you how to do this thing, okay? There's got to be enough of us that have graduated. There's got to be enough commanders and leaders in this place that can show people how to do this thing. 
Because if, if, if all of us are falling, it's not going to help, right? So there's got to be a place where we get to that we have received the Savior. We have received the Savior in all of his greatness, in all of his power. I want to read this, this last part. He says this. Then while in Hebrews three fifteen through 18. Then while it is still today. Then while it is still today. Then while it is still today. If you would hear all God is saying. Have you ever had a child that you just. Have you ever had a, a child that inside of your heart, you know they're going to pay a big cost because they won't listen? They just, they, they got their own bent, their own way of thinking. And no matter what you say, you, you've experienced something that you can tell them, but they, they don't want to hear it. I mean, I just want parents that have been there, then you know how the father must feel. It's something to know that that child is about to reap something because it just won't listen. He says, then while it is still today, if you would hear his voice, and when you hear it, because we can hear it, but it says, when you hear it, do not harden your heart. Because we can hear it, and we can yet let our hearts get hard. But God says, while it's today, while it's still today while while you're still in the land of the living while 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 you you can still change while it's still today it says if you will hear his voice and do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the desert when the people provoked and irritated and embittered god against them for who were they that heard and yet rebelled and provoked him and i want us to hear this as who were they that rebelled? Sometimes we say, when they hurt, we say it's the world. The world hears and the world rebels. But here it says, who were they that heard and yet were rebellious and provoked him? Was it not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Was it not all those that God had led out? Was it not all us church people at times? We can hear and yet rebel. God is talking to us. Okay, he's talking to us. And he says, and with whom was he irritated and provoked and grieved for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose dismembered bodies were strewn and left in the desert? Still, the people that he bought out. That's who he's talking about. And to whom did he swear that they should not enter his rest? But to those who disobeyed, who had not listened to his word, and who refused to be compliant or persuaded. Those that he bought out. You guys, be careful about your ear. Be careful about your ear. Be careful about what you turn your ear away from. Be careful about what you cast down. Be careful about what, I don't want to hear that. Be careful about that. Be careful. God is trying to get a, he's trying to get his word in you so that you will not lose. We're, we're losing in so many areas where we have turned our ear and we've got hard and we will not listen. God is saying, no. He said, have a listening ear. In Matthew, at the last of this, I love this, after he was talking to them, 
and telling them about this at the Matthew the 13th through the 16th verse, he tells his disciples, but blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied are your eyes because they do. I want somebody, don't you want God to say that about us? Are your eyes because they do see and your ears because they do hear. That's what he said over them. Blessed to be envied. You will know a person who has heard because their life will reflect it. You will know a person that sees because their life will reflect it. That's what, how do I know I've heard the word of God? My life will reflect it. How do I know I've really received the word of God? My life will reflect it. In those areas that I have not received, it will be all kind of turmoil. There will be all kind of chaos. There will be all kind of confusion. Because I have not received. God said, receive me. On my heart is how God has said, I've spoken to you of grace, of grace, of grace, of grace, church. Church, receive me. I've given you so much grace. God has given us so much grace. The ugliest thing I see in me is when I forget how much grace he's given me and I can't give someone else that. That's the ugliest thing in me that I see when I think back to how God brought me out of it. And if he, there's just places that I know that I know that if he, his grace wasn't there. You guys don't even know some of the places. But I know that if his grace had not been here, I can't even imagine. If you saw some of the places I've been, if you could look in my mind at some of the thoughts. But for his grace, but for his grace, but for his grace. And I had to receive that grace. Do you understand? In that pit, in that place, I had to receive his arm. I had to receive his hand to pull me out. If I had kept on going, no, 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 I would still be in that pit today. But I had to receive that grace. And who much is given, much is required. And he's given me much grace. And so I have to give much grace. We're not talking about grace just because of a pretty name that you give a girl. Grace is powerful. Grace is Jesus. Grace is a Savior that looked beyond our faults and saw our needs. Grace is a savior that no matter how dirty we were and how nasty we were and how ungodly we were, that while we were nasty, while we were ungodly, while we was cussing him out, he had loved us. His grace didn't totally take us out when we was doing crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. He received us. Get in love. And I'm telling you guys today, God said, receive him. He's not speaking grace, you guys. For a, See, as soon as I say it today, you, you'll have to give it today. You'll have to give grace somewhere today. 
Look for it. Get excited about it. Want to give it. Oh God, I want to be, I want to be available to you, God. I, you've given me so much grace. You've given me so much of you. You've given me so much love. I receive you, Jesus. I receive what you, and to know that you received him, you got to give what he's given you. Oh, you really haven't received it. You can't say that you receive God's love and can't give God's love. Because when you really receive God's love, it is so amazing. It is so amazing. It is so like God. I can't even understand how you would love me like this. I can't even understand that you would forgive me like this. I can't understand that you would look over what I did like this. That is amazing, God. Oh, God, let me be able. And I feel so good about it. And it makes me feel so whole. And it makes me feel so, oh, set free. Why would I not offer that to someone else? How could I not offer that to someone else? That's why he said, receive me. Not some ideal of me. Not some ideal of me. Children, hear me this morning. Receive Jesus. On one hand, I let you know, children. On one hand, I let you know that you you can look at the adults and you can catch our whatever we're doing. It's not right. But can I also say this? That you are under the word of God. And you too have a choice that once you hear something, to receive it. You have a choice to say that when I stand before the maker, I don't stand before the maker blaming mom and dad. There's an age accountability when you know what's right and wrong. And you can't stand and say, mom and dad, uncle, brother, they made me do it. You're accountable for what you know. And I'm telling you right now to receive the love of Christ. He said, receive me. Receive me in my power. Receive me so you can give me. You can't give what you don't have. Okay? If, all, if you got a whole bunch of flesh going on, that's what you're going to give people. Flesh. But if you got Jesus, receive Jesus. Every time you come, more of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. More of your love. More of your grace. More of your mercy. Lord, let me receive it. Let me receive it so I can give it. So I can give it. Jesus went to the cross that we don't have to be tied down by unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, envy, strife. We don't have to be tied down by none of that stuff. We can shake ourselves loose and receive Jesus Christ. And I choose this morning as you stand. I choose to receive him. Oh God is in